Hey everyone, welcome back to Nutrition Lifestyles with Kim and Joanne. I'm Kim. And I'm Joanne. And today we have Dr. Maria Mercedes Dominguez here with us. Yes, and throughout the duration of this podcast, we will be calling her by her preferred name, Dr. D. So Dr. D is a bilingual and multicultural licensed marriage and family therapist and life coach. Her work focuses on cultivating resilience and using it as a tool of empowerment within each client to guide them in transforming their own mindsets, emotions, and relationships. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. D. We're happy to have you. Welcome. Go ahead and tell us about yourself, your background, and what you do. I'm Mercedes Dominguez, but I go as Dr. D, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am also a life coach. I am also a military spouse, which explains why I'm licensed in multiple states. We hop around quite often. So I have been um, working on online therapy before the COVID, and now I'm like full-time online therapy. So um, yeah, that has been what life looks like for a lot of us lately, transitioning to this full-time online life. Yes, it is. It really is. So as you stated, we are in this crazy world that we're living in COVID-19, pandemics, quarantines, social distancing. And some people do not have it where they live with anyone in the house. So they may be alone at home or they may be with people they're not used to, even if it's their spouse, like they're not used to seeing them all day long and now they have to see them all day long or if you're like me not only are you seeing your spouse all day long but you got your kids in the house all day long so let's talk about relationships especially during this pandemic is there such a thing as the coronavirus breakup do a lot of couples work so Mm -hmm. i have seen that happen a lot in the way that I've conceptualized it so far is that COVID has required us to be in long-term relationships and long-distance relationships. And before, that was something we could choose to be a part of. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm okay with a long-distance relationship or no, that's not for me. COVID um, took that choice off of the table for a lot of people. And so many people are... Um, in positions where they're having to figure out like, oh, how does this long distance thing work? Mm -hmm. Am I okay with that? How do I transition to that? Allowing or questioning whether technology is going to be part of the way that we connect or is it not? And going through that. And some people are recognizing that, yeah, this does not work for me. Like even because of the urgency of COVID, like I'm just not built for this. And some people are finding themselves like withdrawing for those reasons. Other people, the COVID-19 and just the way that it's impacting us, it's bringing up a lot of um, skeletons in the closet that maybe haven't been dealt with before. And so just the stress and the anxiety of these times are bringing up, bringing things up to the surface that it's like, okay, we're locked up in our homes and we have to deal with them now. And so that is kind of um, presenting another another dynamic that's interesting for for couples to face. So I've had had many clients that are going through um, breaking up. And on the other hand as well, some um, couples have really been able to ground themselves and grow closer together during these times. Wow. I mean, I I definitely think this um, pandemic has definitely changed the dynamics of relationships, how people date even. It has changed. I feel like I saw... um, 
I rarely watch commercials because I don't watch live TV. Who does nowadays, right? But I saw like, maybe it was on my timeline, like a match.com type of commercial. And they were like advertising people dating through, um, you know, video conferencing instead of like meeting each other. I was even reading up where people were like, um, I'm not wasting a kiss on you because the kiss now is a risk. So am I with? <laughs> Am I, I going to waste, I'm not going to waste a kiss on just randoms now. So relationship dynamics are definitely different than they were six months ago. You know, Dr. Marie, I want to ask you a question. So I'm hearing from you that the coronavirus breakup is like a legitimate thing. So I remember, I think it was last month, I sent you a text message and it was an episode I was listening to on NPR and it was speaking about like how kids, even they're going through depression because they can't see their friends, they're being homeschooled, things of that nature. So I wanted to know, like, what are some of the signs and symptoms that people may experience or things to look out for if you're in a relationship, whether that's with your significant other or with a friend that you may be having some relationship problems? Our relationship issues are also attached to our personal ones, right? Because a relationship is two people coming together. So one, one way that we pick up on it is how am I feeling? Mm. How am I feeling around this person? Has my energy level been down? Mm. Am I um, being a little, am I isolating myself a little bit more? Am I having a hard time opening up? Um, Common relationship level issues are like, are, are we avoiding each other? Mm -hmm. Is there tension between us? Do we find each other um, being triggered easily and our fights are escalating? Mm -hmm. So maybe it started because you spilled the milk and you didn't, you didn't clean it, all of it up off of the floor. And then that turns into, I don't even know what we're doing together anyways. Like those are, those are good signs that, okay, there's something that's deeper that's going on underneath the surface that needs to be identified. Wow, that that is definitely amazing. And it's true. I mean, I'll be honest with you that Corona coronavirus has just or COVID-19, however you want to call it. It has really changed the game. It has changed us not only physically, you know, working from home, but also in the way in which we interact with people. Um, You know, I think, you know, Joanne, you're at home with four boys, four boys. Dr. Maria, I, excuse me, Dr. D, excuse me, not going to use your government name. <laughs> I know you have kids as well. So I think we really need to, you know, get used to the new normal. And I'm glad that, you know, in your field mm-hmm. of psychology that, you know, we're bringing these things to light for people that have black and brown skin. So thank you for that. I 100% agree. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have five, five men that I'm living with, you include my husband. So I'm the only girl in the house. And, and I do, I'll, I'll find myself um, a little quarter and I need my me time because it's just too much of them at all times, especially the kids talking a lot. My husband and I were good. I mean, this is a good, I guess a Corona COVID-19 will tell you if you married the right person or not. So let's talk about codependency. Can you define that term for us? So the way that um, I've defined codependency is a person setting aside their own autonomy for the sake of the relationship. So to maintain this relationship, I need to set aside my autonomy. Mm -hmm. That's typically a red 
flag. That's typically not something that we want to sign up for. That gives us a sign that, okay, we're willing to put aside our well-being. We're willing, willing to put aside our, our passions or our interests or our beliefs or our emotions Mm-hmm. to maintain this connection with another person. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm talking about codependence, I'd like to highlight what the alternative is. Mm-hmm. What we would like to facilitate and nurture is interdependence. And that's when each person's autonomy promotes the relationship mm-hmm. and allows the relationship to flourish. So me and my well-being benefits the well-being of my partner and my partner's well-being benefits my own. So each of us being well, healthy individuals actually makes our relationship stronger. That's what interdependence looks like. And that's definitely something that we want to lean on and nurture. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense to me. Interdependency. Okay. So let's talk about that a bit. Let's talk about that. Let's, let's dive deep. So how can we strengthen those platonic and non-platonic relationships using that interdependency. So, so the interdependency, right? It requires it requires the eye. So it requires you to be able to be self-aware and reflect and know what is it that's important for me to communicate? What mm-hmm. am I feeling? Knowing what those things are within yourself so then you can communicate them effectively, assertively, openly, honestly to people that you're in relationship with, whether they're platonic relationship or non-platonic you being aware of self and being able to communicate self to other and connect with other authentically is what mm. that interdependence look like in platonic and non-platonic relationships. So communication, I know we've heard that a million times before is definitely key, but that it's that authentic and open communication because we could talk all day and mm. talk about nothing. But if you know what's important to you, what you want, what you need, what you desire, and you're able to communicate that openly to someone, then that allows us to have more genuine conversation. Nice, nice. So it's not only about the nonverbal communication, it's the verbal as well. Because I know, I'll be honest, I'm putting myself out there. Um, I am a nonverbal communicator. So I'm gonna put you on the spot now, Dr. Mir, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Let's say hypothetically, I came to you and I said, you know, I need help because the people that I'm around are driving me nuts. Um, I have a very short fuse, which I do. Oh, guys, don't judge me. Um, (laughs) And I like my space. I do. I like my alone time. I like my me time. Um, I like silence. So what are some uh, tips that you would tell me to, to strengthen my sheltering in relationships, whether that's with my family or other people? Mm-hmm. So the beautiful thing is you already got step one down, which is that self-awareness, right? Like, you know, I need my me time and you're aware of what your limits are. We know like, okay, I could take about two hours of listening to mom talk about this. But like after that, it's too much. And maybe with auntie, it's only 15 minutes because she does the most. Okay. But like knowing what your limits are and knowing like how much of what personalities I can deal with. What are my limits? How can I connect? And when is it a good time for me to, you know, withdraw and and honor my solitude, withdraw and, and rejuvenate myself? Knowing yourself allows you to set more effective boundaries up in place. And that's going to look different for each person. So maybe it's not time. Maybe it's just certain topics of conversation. 
like maybe time is not a factor if we're talking about like my business ideas or my visions for the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. But if we're going to start talking about politics and I know that we have different um, viewpoints on that, then I can maybe only like be present with you for 20 minutes before I need to go somewhere, <laughs> right? So just being aware of yourself allows you to put those healthy boundaries in place with the people around you. You know, you know, for me, um, my situation is that my friend, girlfriend relationships, that's what I, I miss because again, I'm the only girl in the house and we're social distancing and my house is closed. I say that all the time. Like you can't come here. <laughs> so that's, that's my situation um, where I find that I'm like, man, I wish, uh, you know, I could have like a girl's night or go out and get some drinks with the girls. Right. You raise your head. You're with me on that. So is there a bright side to this social distancing and sheltering in place? Is there? So there's a lot of darkness. We've made that clear, right? There's there's things that we miss. There's things that we long for. There's definitely needs that are going unmet. And we don't want to dismiss those in any way. What we can do is redirect our attention to some of the stars that are shining bright in this darkness. And what some of those stars that I've picked up on are is um, the opportunities we have now that we've kind of been um, called to slow down a little bit to really ground ourselves and center ourselves on what's really important to me. I, as far as like the bright side, that's one thing that I've noticed just the space and time for reflection and then grounding ourselves in what matters most because we were all on the hamster wheel, just go, 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 go into this event, going to that meeting, doing this thing, doing that thing. Now we have the opportunity to kind of reflect back and um, filter our time and priorities with more intention. Awesome. So, you know, I want to, as a psychologist, I want to talk about something that I saw on social media. And it's been on my mind for a while. Uh, because if you know me in real life, I'm very, uh, um, I don't show emotion, like the, the, the mushy side of Kim, but I've been seeing on social media where it says, um, it's okay to embrace your sadness and cry it out and experience it and feel it. And as someone for me, you know, cause my dad, oh my gosh, like he grew up in the Jamaican military. So like growing up, we were very structured and you just had to hold it all in. Like, how how would you how why is that beneficial and how do you bring someone to that place so from my point of view i view emotions as a source of intelligence right mm -hmm. so if so let me let me um relate to you for a moment too cuz before i started my training i come from a caribbean background as well um in my house you do not cry like what would you cry for get it together fix your face you're a soldier like <laughs> come on so i i can relate to that a lot so i'm going through my training as a therapist and they're like feel your feelings and i'm like for why <laughs> we don't have time for this like i came here to learn how to fix problems like what are we doing why do we got to sit here and listen to the tears whatever so i definitely relate to that i had to go through my own journey with it and the way that i kind of made sense and came on the other side of it is um, emotions is part of our human experience and emotions in and of themselves are experiences that we could go through that we can extract intelligence from. So if we are closing ourselves off to this entire spectrum of intelligence, 
then we are walking through our lives and experiences a little bit blind and at a disadvantage. Mm. So when I walk my clients or myself and allow myself to be present with any particular emotion, it's to sit in it, not to sulk, not to sulk or not to stay stuck or, or not to allow the emotion to become me, but to welcome the emotion and then understand what is the lesson that's trying to be communicated to me here. Or what is the message that's pr- trying to be brought to my attention? Or what is the contrast that is being provided to me here? What are the needs that are being met or unmet? And so sitting and experiencing the emotion and understanding that it's a source of intelligence. It's about your ability to be able to um, interpret the message and understand its language and then use that to move forward with more wisdom. Awesome. Joanne, did you grow up like that with your parents? No. No, I was a crybaby. And funny thing is, so is my dad. My mom was not. I probably have seen my mom cry less than a handful of times in my life. But my dad, he was a crybaby. I mean, as tough as he was, like, especially when it had to do with his family, he would cry. And I I think I'm that way, too. And I can see like a couple of my kids who are like me, very emotional. Um, Like our love languages are the same. So We weren't, I wasn't raised where my parents were like, suck it up, you know, don't cry. They didn't, they didn't do that to us. But um, the emotions as a Caribbean family, you know, Caribbeans, they, the emotional side, they don't have, it's a cyclical thing. They didn't get the I love you's verbally stated, stated to them and they don't do it. You know, it doesn't come easy to them. Yeah. I feel like, like now when I try to hug my parents, they're like, ah, too close. And I'm like, just bring it in, bring it in. (laughs) I had to bring myself out of that, you know, to be very emotional with my I love you's and, you know, make sure that my kids, I do that. So, no, I wasn't raised the same. But, you know, this is the question I have for you, Dr. D. I was having a conversation yesterday and I was explaining to the my friend that, um, you know, because I'm such an introvert, I don't know. I, I guess I, I've, I'm, I'm dealing with it. I've been a parent now for nine years years. My oldest is nine, but I'm finding it hard sometimes to be an introverted mom. You know, as an introvert, you want your space. You want your time. You don't like a lot of noise. I really don't like a lot of noise. And my kids, they love to talk. And when it's quiet, they even the baby, the baby who just turned one. And Kim, you can attest to this. Even before he was one, He was on like, you know, he'd be here with us when we're shooting the podcast. And if I'm talking, that's when he wants to blab. So it's like once they hear you talking or if they even hear they hear like it's too quiet, they want to blab. What tips do you have in this COVID-19 time of us living with our kids 24-7 as an introvert? What can we do? To save our mental health. <laughs> so, 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 so important. I also relate as an introvert. And um, I definitely need that daily time alone to recharge or else my patience is really thin. I get really short. I get overly stimulated. So it's like, ah, too much, like turn that TV off or whatever the case may be. So I like you, I very much need that time. And it is difficult when... Um, before you could send the kids out of the house or you could go out of the house um, without having to worry about, you know, coming back with something or whatever. And it wasn't that much of the issue. Now, um, this also, you know, speaks to being able to have a, a space that's closed 
off for yourself where you're able to have that that privacy is really helpful. If that's not the case, because I know everyone doesn't have that luxury, sometimes it it could be um, even, it's not very glamorous, but like sometimes just closing the door and going to the bathroom and playing some music. Mm-hmm. And this like, this is in the bathroom. I'm in like a spa right now, okay? And then you just take your, your long bath or whatever, but honoring that need and making sure that you have that need met. Not because it's selfish or anything along those lines, but understanding that me meeting this need will allow me to show up better in my relationships. Me taking care of myself and filling up my cup with that solitude that I need as an introvert allows me to be a better wife, allows me to be a more patient mother, allows me to be more present and appreciate, you know, their their chunky little faces when I see them or the hugs when they come jump on me because I had the time to be able to retreat and recharge. I, I really need to find that time because I, now I'm thinking about how it's about to get cold and I won't even be able to go walk around my neighborhood to get that time because I have a little mini gym here at my house and if I'm working out, they'll find me. You, you know, if I go in my room, they'll find me. They'll come knocking on the door or mommy, 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 mommy. And I, I don't, I mean, I don't feel like I'm being a bad mom when I'm like, it's my time to get out. I really, I really don't. I, I just, you know, I say it because it's my time, but they still interrupt. I just would like if I could get that one hour, um, which I used to get if I was going to get my nails done or just because we weren't together all the time, it worked so much better. So now I have to find the time where I can just have an hour all by myself no one's interrupting me. It would be heaven. It really would be. Those of us that are partnered, like maybe that's something that we can intentionally coordinate with our spouses. Like that's definitely something that I've had to do with my mister. Like, look, you you know me. You know what I need for me to be good for all of us. So like we we've coordinated like, okay, after dinner, mommy gets her quiet time. And then, you know, they do daddy playtime while I'm off just like Usan the day away, but like using, you know, we, we have to create new um, methods and routines, even though we're all in the same physical spaces to just be able to break off and each person have their, their individual needs met as well. So I'm hearing that boundaries aren't bad. Boundaries aren't bad at all. They're necessary. There's different types of boundaries. So the really rigid ones, which are like the great wall of China kind is like the cutoff, forget all of y'all, you know, like I'm moving out of the house type of thing, right? Those are the, those are the dangerous ones because you're a social creature. So you still need some kind of interaction and just cutting somebody off because you felt triggered or you're being reactive. Like that's going to have a repercussion and and bring all kinds of um, toxic relational dynamics at play. Then we have the healthy boundaries, which I like to think of like as the, you know, like the, um, the fences, like the metal diamond type fences. Yeah. So it's like you could you could see through them, you could like bend them a little bit, change the posts when you need to, but it's still very clear where's my property and where's your property, right? Like we, we know what it is. Um and then the the kind of enmeshed one where it's like you just draw a line of chalk on the sidewalk and you could walk over it and you could lose the line, it could rain, you could not know where it was. And so that's kind of what that lack of boundary looks like where people are able to enter and exit your space with no clear understanding of what is or isn't appropriate for you. Nice. So I see these things definitely help us to stay sane uh, during this pandemic, because I mean, we don't know when it's ending. We really don't. 
So Dr. Maria, if someone wants to connect with you for your services, how do they do so? Like, where can they find you? active on Instagram, please check me out there. It's at dr.d, so at dr.d.t.h.e.m.f.t, at Dr. D, the MFT. And I would love to connect with you all there. I also um, recently launched an app, Resilient Living, so you can find that in your mobile app stores. And it's a self-help app, so I share a lot of my favorite exercises that I use with my one-on-one clients and families to help you um, work on the the tools you can use to transform your mindset your emotions and relationships uh, awesome and i for, i'm sorry i called you by your government government name again <laughs> joanne just sent me a text and she was like girl it's dr d <laughs> awesome so yes thank you so much for being on the podcast with us yes thank you for being here Well, everyone, you heard it here from Dr. D today. Boundaries are necessary, but they're not, they shouldn't be rigid like the wall of China, but they are necessary, especially for us mommies. We need it. Um, As usual, please rate and review us, subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends to tell their friends about us. Talk to you guys next time. Bye, everyone.